It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome, everybody, to the Lockdown Lakers podcast. I'm Anthony Irwin. I'm joined by Pete Zayas. Pete, our long national nightmare is over. Yeah, we're going to have an NBA season. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I made that same exact joke to, to Adam on yesterday's Lockdown NBA, which also aired on this channel as well. And he didn't understand like the, the joke. I had to explain the joke to him. Yeah, yeah. Adam's good people, but you live in the middle of the country, you can, yeah. Uh, so point of view. Yeah. we have a lot to get to. There is a ton to dig through in regards to the NBA deciding to come back December 22nd. Uh, we talked about it, obviously. I basically cheated a little bit and aired Locked on NBA on this channel as well, just because I thought it was a pretty good look at, for the entire league, what starting on, on December 22nd was. Uh, and, and then today, I, I, as promised, I said that we would focus more on the Lakers aspect of this. So I want to start with like what you think the reaction to starting December 20th. Like, do you think, do you think it's the kind of thing that they're freaking out about? Or do you think it's more of like, a, well, that kind of sucks, but it is what it is. You mean amongst the players? Yeah, players, the the organization, because I mean, they just came off of a year long season, uh, and and not just like any year long season, one of the most emotionally, you know, <laughs> exhausting seasons uh, for for a variety of reasons, and now basically, you know, you have twelve days as we're recording right now till the draft, free agency is going to kick off a couple days after that. Uh, they're going to be trades that they that they're going to be have to look at. Uh, Frank Vogel is going to have <clears throat> a, a shortened camp to be able to implement, you know, various aspects of what they did last season, depending on what this roster looks like compared to what we had last year. And and you know, I'm kind of wondering across the entire organization, players, coaches, Rob Polinka, even Jeannie Buss, like. Do you think it's the kind of thing where they're seeing it as just an additional challenge, or do you think there's a bit of annoyance at the decision to start when the, the uh, NBA is coming back? I think, yeah, it's it's in the annoyance family, but I don't know if it's actual. It's kind of like you ever you have to ever have to go to work on like two hours sleep. Ever have one of those days, right? I'm doing that right now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like your alarm goes off and you're annoyed at your alarm, but it's, there's a certain inescapable reality of time. Right? Uh -huh. <laughs> right? You're just like, well, either I like it or not, it's six o'clock and it's time to get up and get ready. I'm exhausted, but I, there's shit I need to do. Um, yeah. I'm hopeful that the three, four months that they got off before the bubble 
helps that out a little bit where it's not just this like oh you got two months off and that's it that it's but it's gonna be tough but yeah this this feels and 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 hopefully hopefully this season we can get a nap at some point right and and uh yeah so by nighttime we're ready to go party like we did last season but yeah i think it's got that like going to work on two three hours of sleep type of feeling to to everyone right like everyone we just got done it's like oh well let's fire back up again let's get going and yeah so only so much you can do let's pour a recover margarita and and see if we can get going hey man <laughs> All we can do. no i i i think that's a good way to look at it and and you know for an organization that that preaches mama mentality and and you just got to get the job done jobs not finished right was a big slogan uh throughout these playoffs i i you know i I would expect nothing less from th- than that approach, right? Than that response. If it was anything other than that, it, you you can't claim those things. And 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 like also at the end of the day, I think it's a lot easier to just you know wipe the cobwebs out of your eyes and and get ready and head off to work when you have a chance at another championship, right? Oh. Like. It, Hell yeah, man. This is, we've got to, especially after going through the last seven years, man, like this is precious. You got to capitalize yeah. on this. Right. Like it, it would be a lot more difficult if you head into the season and, you know, like, I don't mean to fe- sound like I'm throwing dirt on Miami, but for example, Miami, I think would be, it's, it's it'd be a lot more difficult to try to get myself ready for the season if I were a member of the heat, right. I don't have the championship celebration, right. It's, it's, you have the, the, the lack of the championship hangover, which is, you know, the, the worst version of that. And then on top of that, I don't think they can really consider themselves any kind of favorite this year, unless they, they make some other move. So you're just looking like, Oh my God, this season, this last year was so hard and man, this is going to be difficult. Like I, I, one of the one of the Butler, betting right? it's like so like the Miami Heat their mentality is not that they're gonna like they're gonna be ready for battle that's who Miami Heat are but that you should try like when remember in game five right the one that they won and at the end he was just exhausted yeah and that picture of him just draped over the that like they're all yeah. they're about it they got heart and they're gonna try their very best but there's a certain inescapable exhaustion to it that I think you're absolutely spot on with one of the betting trends I'm really going to pay attention to at the beginning of this next season, whenever, you know, when, when it kicks off is what does Miami look like? Can I, can I make a few bucks off of their exhaustion? <laughs> oh, Anthony, you're such a capitalist. <laughs> hey man, we oh, got, you got to get it where we can <laughs> make money off of your suffering. Uh, all right, let's uh, let's take a quick second here. When we come back, I want to talk more specifically about you know the work that actually has to get done. You know that they do have a ton of work to do here, so we gotta we gotta figure out what what that might look like, what their priorities might be, uh, how all of this impacts the way that they might go about this offseason. Today's show is also brought to you in part by Rock Auto. Head on over to rockauto.com where you'll find a family business that has served auto parts to customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com for shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. 
We have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clips delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand, specs, and prices you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and for the, and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the exact same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So Adam asked me last night whether coming back and and on December 22nd, having a 72-game season that is going to be out of the ordinary beyond even the fact that it's a 72-game season. Uh, If that's going to make teams really go for it more or if they might approach things more conservatively. And my instinct is to say that it'll it'll make, not that this will, those circumstances will make them go for it more, but more like the way that the league looks, right? There's There's quite a few teams that probably feel like there may be a move away from either edging up into the next tier or, or separating themselves from the tier that they're currently in. And um, I just think, you know, while there's potentially more to lose under these circumstances, like all of these moves, I think have a lower floor than they might normally do. I, it's also arguable that they have, a higher ceiling if those if those moves work out if that if that home run swing works out um, I'm interested in your thoughts on that though yeah it's kind of like there are different factors at play in this season than there would be in any other season I think in some respect this upcoming season has the potential to be weirder on a basketball level than even the bubble was mm-hmm. and in large part because absolutely of, yeah and like you're talking about teams with enormously different you know, if, so the Lakers and the Warriors, that's going to be a thing this year. Mm-hmm. Right? The Warriors have not played a game, uh, will not have played a game in since when? March. And we're starting the season in December. So they're going to have nine months off. Mm-hmm. Whereas our last game was on October 11th, I believe. We will have had two months off. Now, that is going to yield all sorts of different results different approaches different oh we're going all in like you're saying versus in a lakers position especially we don't know are there going to be fans at any point during this season yeah i don't expect there to be when it starts that's for yeah but come playoff time will there be fans in the stands if not do the seeds really matter yeah Right. So then maybe a little bit, cause you're still, you're going to be playing in your home arena. Like there's, you get yet actual home cooking, you know, but, but, but to what yeah, not to the same extent for sure though. 
Right, like, so that's true, right? You get your home arena, your the sight lines and all of that, but how much extra gas on the pedal are you gonna put in the 72 game regular season to, if you're gonna arrive at that place anyway, where it, like maybe there's small differences, but in, in some ways is the regular season a 72 game preseason for teams that know they're gonna make the playoffs like, like the Lakers, you know? I'm, to me, I'm much more prioritizing the health of, of our players and absolutely our stars right to be able to we need to be able to get to the point where come playoff time we're the lakers that you saw in this last playoff run right absolutely that's the whole purpose of the regular season and whatever needs to be done to get there both on a basketball sense and in a health sense like that's how you that's how you engineer it i I think that's how they were going to do it, regardless of whether or not fans are going to be in the stands. Honestly, you have LeBron James, you have Anthony Davis. I don't think they're at all afraid of playing an extra road game. Uh, yeah. you, especially if, you know, when you consider probably it, their, their top competition in the conference is still probably going to be the Clippers. It's seven home games. <laughs> it's, it's, you don't, you don't have to worry as much about that anyway. <clears throat> I, I do think the Warriors are interesting. Like the, the more we, I had um, Jonathan Sharks on a, a few, maybe this whole, <laughs> since the Lakers won a championship, time is this flat circle. But uh, I, when, when he was on here, we were kind of discussing the teams that make me the most nervous. And I think the Warriors are the team that makes me the most nervous just because like we talk about the uphill battle that the Lakers sometimes face with math. And the Warriors are the nth degree version of that, right? And uh, if it's a if it's a Lakers Warriors type series, it would be nice to have the extra games so that the Lakers role players can maybe keep up with that math a little bit better than they do they would on the road. Uh, but but even there, LeBron has beaten the Warriors without home court advantage and and at much greater odds, and. Yeah, I just don't, I don't think it, I don't think the Lakers care at all about home court advantage this year. And actually Adam, <clears throat> Adam on yesterday's show, we were talking about potential tweaks to, uh, to the NBA this year. And he said that the top seed should be able to pick whatever team that they play in the first round. Right. And he, and the reason he was talking about that was because, you know, you don't want to be a number one seed and then have the Lakers kind of just tread water throughout the season and get to the postseason. And you're a one seed facing an eight seed Lakers or a two seed facing the, the seven seed Lakers. Or even a four seed, right? Like even in the right you know, second round, right? Like, are you, if you're competing for the number one or two seed and the Lakers are at four or five, because they've approached the regular season differently. Do you like, yeah, do you want that before the conference? Finals? Probably not. Well, and I, I kind of laughed at him a little bit because I was like, well, if we're thinking about teams that could really gun for seating, Denver feels like it's up there. Where's this coming from, Adam? <laughs> you know, but, but it would, it's the kind of thing though, that I think for the Lakers this year, it, it, and it's funny, people keep asking, I've, I've seen this asked a couple of times on Twitter, like what are the Lakers top priorities this regular season? And I think every single person I follow said some version of health. Like that's it. Yeah. And uh, now there are some, there are some irons that are wrinkles that you would like to iron out, right? The, the, the half court, 
offense and, and, and stuff like that. There are some details that we would like to iron out over the course of the year, but, but for the most part, all that's going to matter is whether or not LeBron James and Anthony Davis are a hundred percent. This is, I've been thinking about this lately and, and while that's true, and I'm the one espousing the, the priority that I think there's danger in this. If, yeah. if you go through a regular season and act like none of it matters and not, you can just flip the switch on in the playoffs, you become the Los Angeles Clippers. Yeah. You do not want to become the Los Angeles Clippers. So it is important that we set basketball goals and accomplishments throughout the regular season that yeah. can that can jive with this idea of this very real idea of we need to be healthy. So to me, that means giving expanded roles to whomever's on the team. We're probably going to have this crazy flurry of we'll see what the team looks like first, yeah. but of the of the current guys that you know, we're expecting back, that's a you know maybe expanded role for Caruso, and that means talking about adding the three ball or the ball handling pick and roll responsibilities that we were talking about the other day, right? THT getting more minutes. Cause like, I want the guys that are playing minutes to be able to play hard. Got to have LeBron out there. Got to have AD out there. And I don't want either player putting their foot all the way down on the gas. Like it's the playoffs from night to night. But if you are able to put more guys in bigger roles that will like, if, if we get AC or THT or even Kuz, the different guys playing bigger roles during the regular season, they it what is the value of that in the playoffs can they handle a little bit extra responsibility than they did before i think it makes your team better in the long run so investing that's kind of where i'm at it's like investing in younger players through playing time solves both both problems of it gives you you can't it gives you guys who are playing hard and locked in and doing everything that they can and respecting the basketball mm-hmm. while preserving that health as much as possible. Do you have any ideas like along those lines of kind of have your cake and eat it too? Well, I think I think for starters, I think those are two separate questions, right? Like if you think of it just in terms of seeding and 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 wins and losses, then then I don't really care much about that. But like as we've learned. Like even so, for example, the Lakers obviously wound up winning more more games than anybody in the conference last year. But I now looking back, having seen what they did in the postseason, I appreciate more some of the things that drew us in that, that drove us insane over the course of the year. Right, like the the post touches for Anthony Davis is something that we've talked about quite a bit. Where like you're technically you're technically not quote unquote valuing the win and eventually you get to winning time and and some just natural habits kick back in and you want to win that game but over the course of that game and over the course of the season the top priority actually is positioning yourself so that come the postseason you understand better and I, and I actually I, I don't think it's any coincidence that LeBron James was probably is on this team and that was an approach that they had because like he knows what wins in the postseason he he saw Kevin Durant rip to shreds anybody who was trying to guard him. And, and he's seen Kawhi Leonard have success against the Warriors when, when, you know, when he was watching the, the Raptors and, and the Warriors play there too. So he was basically like, all right, we have this gigantic advantage here in Anthony Davis in that he can hit those shots. He can. So let's really focus on that over the course of the regular season in hopes that it pays dividends come the playoffs. And I think a lot of that same, yeah, and it absolutely did. And, and I think, and you know, like 
somebody who wasn't a Laker fan will probably call me insane or a homer for thinking that that was a process or that that was something that they were really focused on. But, but at the end of the day, you do have those results there. And I thought it was a pretty clear process. Bro, 100% they, that they that was intentional because there were so many times we were yelling about this, right? Where we were like, oh, this is not an efficient play to throw the ball to. Like, right. They're hunting matchups too much. Remember how often we were saying that? We were, right? And so there were plenty of circumstances where doing something else would have made more sense for that circumstance. Yeah. But the goal was in a different place and they were right about doing that. We saw the yeah. results of it. So, and, and so to go back and answer your question, I think it's the same thing that's going to go on, right? Depending on the way that this team is, is put together, they do have to see, all right, we saw what Alex Caruso did in the role that he did last year. Can he expand that a little bit? Uh, we saw we, if, if like Markeith Morris, for example, is back there, is back with the Lakers next year. One of the things that they tried to do when they tried to sprinkle in with mixed to negative results was try to play him at the five. I think that had a lot to do with the limited amount of time that they had to try to work that into their system. Mm -hmm. So is that something that like maybe the lineups with Markeith at the five get killed over the course of the postseason, but doesn't make progress so that come postseason time, that's the thing that they can maybe go to. And like, those are the things that I just, I don't care about the wins and losses. I care a lot more about the process behind the, behind the season. Yeah, that's a like finding five man lineups that work well together, yeah. or even two or three men. Like one of the things that we discovered last season, or at least Vogel did, is on opening night, Alex Crusoe was a DNP CD. And mm -hmm. throughout the season, it wasn't just like, oh, Alex Crusoe is really good, which he is. And Vogel discovered that. It was like, oh, Alex Crusoe makes LeBron better, right? Like, <laughs> like you get that's such an insane sentence. <laughs> he, he gets, Alex like, Caruso Alex makes LeBron James better. <laughs> right. It, it's it, or it, it allows like I hope people understand what I mean. Yeah, yeah, right, right. It goes both ways, but it's it's wild. Yeah. yeah, right, right. It like it helps you get the most out of LeBron James. Yeah. Or the connection between LeBron James and Anthony Davis, because AC sits a kick ass screen for A D in the corner mm -hmm. and now he's more open and you've got one of the great finishers of all time in A D with one of the great passers of all time in LeBron. But it's in part because he's more open because this guy set this screen. So finding those like little group of like, oh, hey, KCP. And if you run KCP around this horns handoff play, you can make this great pass to Dwight. And Dwight's one of the great rim rollers of all time, you know. Right. And, and so finding these little like two and three man interactions, that's part of the regular season value for the Lakers, too. Yeah, I, I frankly, I think that's all of the regular season value because yeah. yeah. they're they're gonna win enough games, like they're gonna make the playoffs. So it's just a matter of where they're gonna be, who their matchup might be, and and honestly, like after seeing what they did last year, I don't even think you really have to match up hunt come postseason anyway. You know, you don't have to go out of your way to do that that much because I, I just for one thing, I think the Western Conference is gonna be a slugfest no matter what route you take. But on top of that, like the Lakers we've seen is well situated to handle that. Let's take uh, one more break here, and then we come back. We got to talk um, a little bit about the the you know you talked about the flurry of moves and all of that. I legitimately don't know what this team is going to look like next year, just because you win a championship and and under normal circumstances, it's the the smart thing to do is opt out. So the Lakers first have to find that stuff out, and then try to find value on the market, um, which they I think is going to be attainable because you're going to get ring chasers who also want to be Lakers. So. Polinka has his job cut out ahead of him and it's all going to start basically when the draft with the draft in less than two weeks 
So we got to figure out like what, what this off season might look like. Today's show is brought to you in part by Built Bar. Head on over to BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCKEDON, and save 10 bucks off your first order, your second order, your third order, and however many orders you or your friends that you tell about this uh, great product get to benefit from. They have great flavors, everything from caramel brownie. My personal favorite name is Cherry Barcia. Uh, the, the cookies and cream one is fantastic. Uh, and then they have the regular, you know, salted caramel is 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 uh, my original favorite flavor. And it's great no matter what you might be looking for. Are you looking to supplement a meal while you're trying to cut weight? Are you looking to have a little bit of extra protein to add to a meal if you're trying to gain weight? Are you trying to maintain weight by, you know, just having a nice healthy snack? It's going to be great for you. It's going to have you covered. So head on over again to BuiltBar.com. Use promo code LOCKEDON and save 10 bucks off your next order. Again, promo code locked on for 10 bucks off at builtbar.com. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We've talked, you know, we talked about the way that the basketball players and, and what the basketball might look like. We have no idea what those play, who the players are actually going to be. And I, without getting into specific names, I'm kind of curious. Like we've talked about whether or not they would want, want to run it back or maybe tweak it to be more efficient on one end of the quarter or whatever. And I think you and I are both in agreement that they will mostly run back their identity kind of hard like after you win a championship the more i've thought about it like initially i was on board with maybe tweaking it to be more efficient on the offensive side of the court just because some of the some of what we saw in the bubble was a bit of an uh, anomaly but with that said though you almost never see champions you know make that kind of ident you know identity based shift that never happens i want to see somebody beat our defense first before I make too much in the way of changes to our identity. Mm -hmm. We could be frustrating and we would screw off games, even a finals game where we're not entirely locked in and focused. And we covered that uh, extensively, but when we're, that's like, you were talking about the Warriors. I want to see our closeouts versus their three point shooting. They're going to win some battles. They're going to win a lot of battles, but good luck beating us as a three point shooting team. I want to see it happen. And I don't want to change our identity until, and maybe they can do it. Maybe we, that happens and we can't get out to those guys. And we, we do get burned from beyond the arc to an extent that we would lose a series. I'm, I can't tell the future in that respect, but I want to see it because that was some of the great all-time defense I've ever seen. And that's magical. And you don't give that up easily. So if we can preserve that identity, that's the route that I would, I mean, obviously I want great offense too, but if I had to pick, that's where I go. 
I think the difference for me with Golden State is that like the Lakers had a lot of success closing out specifically to the three-point line and not, you know, they faced Damian Lillard who can shoot from, you know, for a few feet beyond uh, the three-point line. Beyond that, though, most of the guys that they were closing out to and having success closing out to mostly rely on on shots where their toes are right up against the line. And, you know, Steph is Dame on steroids in terms of, of the way he can pull and, and, and where you have to close out to him. So that's, that makes me a little nervous. Uh, but yeah, I, 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 the, the foundation and the, and the basic theory of what you're talking about, I completely agree with like that. It's just, it's just the, the thing that makes you special, right? You don't want to take away from that. And, and the defense is what the, what made the Lakers special last year. And if you take away from that and, the gamble on the other end doesn't pay off. Well, then now you're just a straight up lesser team. <laughs> and, and, and I think that's what you got to avoid. Yeah, no, that's a great point. I yeah, none to add to that for sure. And then, and so regarding the timeline here, do you think, so for one thing, do you think they keep their pick? Do you think they keep the pick and use it on somebody? Or do you think they try to bring in more tried and true talent right now, given the fact that, they are smack dab in the middle of a legitimate championship window. Oh man, this is a, a depends type of answer. And what I think it depends on is how good you can of a guy can you bring in with that pick, right? Like it's mm-hmm. not something where you hoard it and you say no to a trade or something that can make you better now. That said, the the length of our championship window will in part be determined by what we do with our late first round picks, with what we do with our seconds. Uh, there have been reports that there are some available to be bought. And, you know, so that's an, another route. The depth that we can accrue, if we can find rotation guys in those spots, and this is a scouting department. Like, I, I believe organizationally, it's always smart to play to your strengths. Whatever your strengths are, whatever organization you are, mm-hmm. you want to, if your choice is, do we go this route where it requires the people who are really good in our organization to do their job, or do we go this route where not as much, which I'm not saying this is a choice of that, but like I want our scouting department to have late first round picks and second round picks and all, all that. Cause if you get a dude who could play in those spots, then you're really in business, right? The economics of that are really helpful, particularly on a two superstar team. It's hard to fill out that roster, right? Billing did a great job of that. Paid what several guys that could combined 11, $12 million, Dwight, Markeith Morris, Alex Caruso, mm-hmm. all these guys that contributed. So that's part of the challenge of building a championship team when you got two max guys. So I want our guys to have that, but that guy's probably not going to be in the rotation this year, right? Yep. So he that's, might not that's where I'm at too. <laughs> but I would argue though that, that that guy could be a part of the load management health approach while still mm-hmm. getting something productive done during the regular season. Whomever we draft, if we kept that pick, could get decent minutes early on. They could take their lumps and learn the things, some of the things they need to learn about the NBA while getting minutes or at least practice time so that even if they're not like so a THT type of arc, right? THT was a second round pick, spent most of the year in the G League, got a little bit of run. And then coming into this year, we're like, and toward the end of this past year, like, hey, check him out. He's developed. He's de- he could be something going into next year. If we can have a first round pick go into next season as a guy that we think like, hey, they could be part of the rotation. That's a big one. 
I, the other thing I think that needs to bring be brought up is the kind of stuff that they appear interested in doing in free agency. And if you're going to try to, you know, max out your roster with three max guys, that doesn't leave you very much cap room. And the way that you expand your cap room is by finding a first rounder who can also be a rotation player whose bird rights you have, and you can now dip into the luxury tax to improve your team. That's another reason to maybe stick with, you know, just drafting somebody and, and hoping that that pays off down the road. But even saying that, I think I'm, I'm of, and, and what's funny is I bet if you were to go through most of their, most of the shows that we've done like this since the Lakers got LeBron, I've been pretty on board with just trading their, their, their first rounders. Like, especially once I got Anthony Davis, I just don't down the road. Doesn't matter to me is, is my basic thing. Like it, down, down the road, like win yeah. another championship this year and, and deal with down the road when down the road comes. So this is this idea of keeping the pick is not something that I'm married to. There's it always comes with that. Uh, hey, if you can titles are precious, if you can get somebody that definitively helps you now, totally go for it. But down the road does matter to me, too, because I think this could be a dynasty. I think LeBron in particular, I think he's going to continue to age exceptionally well. And we've got that with the 27 year, 26 year old or 27 year old Anthony Davis. And I think, but part of extending that window, we saw with like the Shaq Kobe Lakers, part of why that died out is because we sold and traded and didn't do well on our late first. So there was nobody kind of coming up behind them, not to take their spots as Shaq and Kobe, but to be a good team, a guy that that is a good seventh man in a playoff rotation that you drafted in three, four years down the line. He's a contributor, right? We didn't have those guys. And that's part of why the Shaq Kobe Thing, didn't give titles toward the end or in that in that last year in particular I think that there's value and it's such a strength of our team Anthony that that if there's not a guy that you point to and say yeah he's worth trading our first round pick for I think you keep it because I trust that we'll be able to hit on that pick more often than not yeah that's that I mean that's the fairest point is how great the scouting department has been at that place in the draft you know that's and and also by the way Another thing to your point is that like they've, they've been really good at identifying talent and not always optimal in terms of developing said talent. And so long as Phil Handy is around, you you want to give him a shot at developing who, you know, you have, you have this great scouting department and you have probably one of the best, if not the best developmental coaches in the NBA. There are other really good developmental coaches on the staff too. Yeah. Well, right, right. But, but this is, I, I feel like this is a more, it's a better equipped staff in general, largely in part because Handy is now in house to, to actually optimize whatever talent that the scouting department is really good at, at, at identifying. You know, one route they, they can go is they could even, it could be a draft and stash type of guy, but the, I like the, Pascal Siakam type where there's this guy with great physical tools, Mm -hmm. but doesn't have them developed yet. And so he's a late twenties type of pick. And then you get them with those great development guys. And all of a sudden you got this guy with tools that you can't teach, but now he's got the, the skills that have been added on top of that. I would be, but he might not contribute right away or in the first year or two, I'd be fine with that type of guy if they were to identify him as well. That might even be my preference. The more I think about it. Is, is because 
like the, the thing that you kind of run into, and this was something that plagued the Clippers, for example, was they kept trying to draft ready-made talent, you know, lower, lower ceiling talent, but talent that they could during the, the lob city era, they kept on trying to bring in guys who could quote unquote help right away. And, yeah. and if that's your priority, then if that, if that player doesn't work out and doesn't help right away, then down the road is also shot. Right. Yeah, if they, you shouldn't, exactly. And you shouldn't be trying to help right away through the draft. Yeah. Almost by definition. Right. Right. Yeah. And so I would, I would, I would probably rather just, you know, just take the guy with a higher upside and let that upside come to fruition whenever it does. And, and under Phil Handy and, and the way that the, the Lakers organization is situated now, um, I think it's more likely that it, uh, you do reach closer to that ceiling. So yeah. it's interesting, man. We got, <laughs> we went from, we went from like a whole extra month of having to fill these shows. And now we have two weeks of now studying up on draft stuff which I am awful at, by the way. Well, I hope, I'm, like, <laughs> I'm gonna listen to people who know what they're talking about. I'm yeah. gonna pretend, like, I'll do recent. Whomever we we draft, I will watch as much tape on them as I can, so I can learn them. But it's way too late in the game. I'm fascinated to know. I've I've talked to some some people about the scouting process. Like, think about the scouting process for this draft. Yeah. That department that's been so kick ass has to do it under completely different conditions than. <laughs> right. They have two weeks. They've had a month. <laughs> like by the time, when did the season end? When it, it, it ended? Uh, October 11th was our last game. Okay. So they had five weeks. It, it's the time, but it's also the like draft workouts. There's no combine. Right. <laughs> College season ended just like all of a sudden. Are they bringing, I don't, I don't know the draft rules on this, forgive my ignorance, but are they bringing in guys for workouts? Can you do that right now? I think they, I think they finally okayed that. Okay. But you didn't get the whole time to do it. Right. So you're making these evaluations off of way less information than you were before. So there are probably going to be more draft misses Mm -hmm. this year than, than in a normal year. Um, But there's also opportunity in that, right? Like some guy that, hopefully we're able to spot that maybe the rest of the NBA didn't and at 28. It's like, Oh, we got ourselves a, a quite the player. And so, yeah, there's, there's opportunity in that, but it's going to be way different and a lot harder. I actually think that might make it harder to trade the first rounder now that we think about it. Oh, cause teams aren't as like, that's my guy because right. they haven't, that's a great point. They aren't going to be as sure. So yeah, we'll see. That's going to do it, though, for this episode and this week's episode of the Locked on Lakers podcast. I'm, I'm publishing this immediately. It is 2.40 my time out here in Texas, 12.40 back home in California. I would imagine at some point this evening they're going to announce that, that uh, Joe Biden succeeded in getting at least 270 electoral college votes. And however you feel about this, you guys probably know how I feel about it. But all I'm asking is that you guys remain safe and smart uh and and you know try to try to get through this we know we've already seen the protests in arizona we've seen a protest elsewhere on the other side of things uh this is going to be a very emotionally charged response and reaction to this result and please i'm begging you guys please be safe out there the, the last thing that we want right now is is to to have even more tragedy to close out 2020 so have a great rest of your weekend please be safe out there make some else's talk to you on monday
members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.